Hey, good morning again. Let's open our Bibles, Titus chapter 2. Titus chapter 2. Let's, uh, let's read those verses again. We've been on a series. <clears throat> I got one more, uh, one more uh, next week, and then we'll be moving on from there. Titus chapter 2, verse 11 through 14. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. While we wait for the blessed hope, the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness and to purify for himself a people that are his very own, eager to do what is good. We just sang it, and uh, those are the verses that uh, we're, we've been looking at. So a little review. <clears throat> It's really all about the grace of God that God gives to us despite what we have done. We, have, we haven't earned it. It's unmerited. It's, it's favor that He pours out upon us. And it says there that, it, that he, he brings salvation. He saves us. He teaches us how to live through His grace. And then we have this blessed hope that Jesus Christ, our great God and Savior, is coming back for us. He's coming back. That's our blessed hope. So it says there that he gave himself for us in verse 14. He gave himself for us. We looked at that last time we had communion together. We shared about the fact that he gave himself willingly. It was his choice because he loved us. He gave himself for us that he might redeem us, that he might save us from all wickedness, from all iniquity, from those things that keep us from him. He gave himself for us, Jesus Christ, to save us, to redeem us, to make us his own, and to give us purpose. So today, what I want to talk about is this idea found in this. The, the first part was that he gave himself for us to redeem us. But then it says, and... To purify himself, whoops, and to purify himself, a people that are his very own. You see, that was his goal from the beginning, from creation. God's goal, God's purpose has always been the same, that we would be his, that we would be his, and that he would be ours, that this relationship from the beginning, that was the reason he created mankind so that we could have this relationship with Him. That's what we were created for. We, we were created to belong to Him. There's something I was thinking about that in the middle of the night. How many of you wake up in the middle of the night and think about stuff and then you can't go back to sleep? Uh, one or two of you. <laughs> Most of you, like, what? These teenagers are going like, oh, that never happens to me. But it's this idea of belonging, you know, that, that, I, that he's purified me, us, for himself, a people that 
would be his very own. That we belong, that we belong to him, that we have a sense of belonging in our hearts. And I think that ties in with not just our relationship with him, but also the relationship of, of, of us to each other. They have a place where we belong. And, you know, people, people come to the church from time to time and they, you know, they're looking for that place. And, and, and I think, and I tell them, you, you need to go where you feel at home, where you feel this is home. This is where you belong. There's a sense of, I belong here. And, and uh, you know, that's what God wants from us. He wants us to know that we belong with him. We belong to him. And he, he paid a very, very great price for that. If you think back to the book of Genesis, and I know that the, the uh, Sunday school kids are learning, uh, they're starting back at Genesis again, but if you think back to the Garden of Eden, before chapter 3, the Garden of Eden, God created this incredible place, but it was an incredible place, not just because it was beautiful, but because God walked with them there. God spent time with them there. There was this incredible relationship with them. And, and you know, in the, in, the, in the coolness of the evening, you know, they would walk and they would spend time together. Of course, we know that sin entered the world in Genesis chapter 3. If you've never read those first few chapters of Genesis, you need to go and read them. You find out, how did we get to where we are today? This place is a mess you don't have to be a rocket scientist to know this place is a mess. Government shut down and all, right? Thanks, Alex. Because why? Because sin entered the world. We read about it in Genesis chapter 3. Sin entered the world and there was a huge problem. The first thing that we see is that there was, there was now this separation between God and Adam and Eve. There was a wall, there was a barrier, something happened, something bad happened. Why? Because sin separates us from God. It's just the way it is. Why? Because God is a holy God. But you see, God created us this way, but he knew that that was going to happen as well. And so what did he do? He solved the problem himself. We couldn't solve it ourselves. We can't save ourselves. We can't open up a way with God on our own. But God loved us so much. You see, God wanted this relationship that I'm talking about here today to make us his very own so much that he said, I will do something about it. And what did he do? He sent his son, Jesus Christ, to pay the price for sin. Jesus, it says, he was slain before the foundation of the earth before the foundation of the world, he knew, and that was his plan from the beginning, that he was going to send his son Jesus to bridge the gap, to make a way for you and for me to have this relationship that we could be his very own. So it says here in this verse that, that Jesus, it says he gave himself for us to redeem us and to purify for himself a people that are his very own. That was a pretty big cost, that you and I could be his. We're going to talk a little bit more about that, but, but not only are we his, he is ours. It's a two-way street, you see. There's a relationship that takes place. 
But he says that he would purify us, and, and this means just really what the word purify sounds like. It, it means to make pure, to cleanse, to, to make clean. And, and this is necessary for us to have a relationship with God, as I've already said. But why? Why did he do that? Because he wanted us to be his very own. That's, you know, I could stop right there, you know, because it's potluck day today. So why don't we just wrap things up right now? And I'm just kidding. We have another 45, 55 minutes. We're going to just go for this thing. No, it's a very simple message because I want you to think about this. I want you to know, I want you to ask yourself, are you one of his own? And what makes you one of his own? Is it because you're an American? I'm sure that's it. If you're an American, it's automatic. That's kind of what we think. That's what most people think. I love that old chorus. How many of you remember the chorus that says, I'm my beloved's and he is mine. His banner over me is love. We used to sing that. You know, and, and now... Sometimes they still sing it, the kids sing it, you know, that was started like a kid's song, I think, but, but I'm my beloved's and he is mine. His banner over me is love. He, 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 he paid this fearful price, someone said. A holy people was his purpose in paying such a fearful price. He purified us, and how did he do that? How did he make this happen? He shed his blood. We're purified by the blood of Jesus Christ. Uh, you know, we could talk about the blood of Jesus because it is so powerful. It's so powerful in, in what it does to us. It's so powerful in what it does for us. It's so powerful in the spiritual battles that we face day in and day out. Revelation talks about, you know, they, they defeated, they conquered the enemy. How? By the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. But He purified us. He gave Himself for us. He shed His blood for us. He gave His life his very life for us, so that we could belong to Him, so that we could be His very own. Now, we, we sing in the song uh, that we sang a few minutes ago. <clears throat> Does He use that word, His very own? Anybody remember? Peculiar people. A peculiar people. And so, uh, say, that's kind of weird, the word sounds weird, but it's kind of interesting when I was thinking about it because that chorus came directly out of the old King James, which uses that word, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us and, and, and make us a peculiar people, a peculiar people. I looked it up, though, and, and really the meaning of the word is beyond usual, special, beyond usual or special. He gave himself for us to make us special, you see. Now, we don't really use that word so much in that kind of way, but that's the, the real meaning of the word. Uh, in another dictionary, the first meaning of peculiar is what? Weird, strange, odd, right? And some of you are going, yeah, that guy is strange, he's odd. Peculiar sums it up pretty well. So why are you here? 
Because it's interesting, it's entertaining, I don't know. But the second meaning is this, belonging exclusively to. Belonging exclusively to. And, and uh, a, a definition or an example would be like this. An accent that is peculiar to Rhode Islanders. Right? Let me say it again. An accent that's peculiar to Rhode Let me say it right. Rhode Islanders. Right? I got to work on it. I've only been here for uh, 30 years. About 10 years ago, Joe accepted me into the family of Rhode Island, Rhode Islanders, but I still am working on the accent. I, I got, give me some time, maybe 60 years, maybe? I don't know. Old habits are hard to break. I'm from the South. So to be a peculiar people means that it's belonging exclusively to and who is that? Exclusively, ex exclusively to God, to be His very own, to be God's very own. How does that affect your life? One other uh, source said this, translated it like this, His prized treasure. His prized treasure. Now, I'm not saying all this stuff like to, to go down the whole self-esteem thing, you know. You're just trying to build up your self-esteem. I'm just trying to tell you the truth that if you belong to Him, you are His prized treasure. It's not because you're so good-looking, though. It's not because you are so amazingly intelligent. It's not because you have done so many good things. You gave so much money to the church. Why is it? Because of grace. We're getting back to grace because he just plain loves you and he wants you to be his very own. Someone else pointed out this, uh, thinking about this, a boy's special treasure, a toy or other object which he prizes above all others. Any of you have special items that you hold on to that you just are like very special to you and if if you had to grab something out of your house before you know and you had to leave would you grab that one thing because it meant so much to you it's probably a blanket you know i see these kids last night we have a two-family house some of you know that and uh <clears throat> My grandson came down, he was looking for his blanket, and he's like four, and, and uh, he had to have that blanket. He was not, gonna, it was bedtime, and he came running around, he's looking for it, and I had already seen it. I knew it was there already, and so I went and I grabbed that blanket, I stuffed it under my shirt, <laughs> and he's looking around, and he looked at me like, I know you got it. <laughs> He had to have that blanket or, he, you know, it's like, it's the kind of thing where he, he sees the blanket and automatically his thumb goes in his mouth. It's like something about it. I got to have it. It makes me feel good. It makes me, I don't know what it does. But that's, you know, this kind of thing that God 
has that place in his heart for you and for me when we belong to him? One guy said this, he didn't die to make us an odd or strange people, but a people who belong to him in a special way, not to the world or to ourselves. His very own. His very own. In another, in another sense, in the big sense of it is that we are, we are now fulfilling the purpose of his creation. We're, we're back to what it should have been from the beginning. You see, for us to be his prized possession, it, the, the truth of the matter is that God owns it all, right? He owns everything already anyways, right? It's all his. But, but, but this is beyond that. This is more like having a prized possession among all the possessions, something that stands out, that sticks out. What was created last in creation? Man was. It was the crowning of all his creation because he, because he had this thing in his heart for us, for people, for you, for me. I want to say this, though, before we move on from this idea of peculiar or, or, or strange or odd. It doesn't mean that we shouldn't be different. And some people are going to say because you are different that you are peculiar. That you are strange. In fact, Peter talks about it. He says, don't, you know, don't think it strange that people look at you and because you're not following along with everything that they do, going along with everything that they you know, do and, and say and act, don't think it's strange that they think it's strange that you're not following along with them. We should be different. But not peculiar where, you know, we all have the same haircut, you know, we all wear the same clothes, we all have the same kind of, you know, you like my shirt? Rude. You can go now. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. God has something about this. Let's read this verse together, these verses together. Exodus chapter 19 on the screen. You yourselves have seen. He's speaking about the nation of Israel who he, he had this plan, this purpose for the nation of Israel, his people. He says, you have seen what I did to Egypt and how I carried you on eagle's wings and brought you what? To myself. Now, if you obey me fully and keep my covenant, then out of all nations, you will be my treasured possession. Although the earth is, the whole earth is mine. The King James Version uses in that verse as well, the word peculiar. You will be my treasured possession. You could say, well, well, that's only for the people of Israel. That's only for the Jewish nation. Yeah, he had a special plan for them. But, but if we look into the New Testament in 1 Peter chapter 2, he says very similar kinds of things, speaking about all the people of God, those who are believers. He says, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God. 
that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. That's you and that's me. That we may be declaring the praises of him who called us out of darkness into his wonderful light. You see, I am his and he is mine. Now, you say, okay, that's all good and everything else, but, but what is that, how does that affect me? How does that affect my life? Does that have anything to do with it? Well, I, I believe that there's a responsibility. Because of this relationship, because I am His, and because He is mine, there's a, re- a relationship, there's a responsibility that goes both ways. Would you agree with that? You know, uh, I am married and uh, my wife, I can call her my wife, right? And she calls me, well, we don't want to go there. <laughs> no, she calls me my husband. Actually, I call her wife and she calls me husband. It's not rude. We just do that. It's just, maybe, it's, maybe it is peculiar. Or strange. But because she's my wife and I'm her husband, there's a responsibility between us that goes both ways, right? I have a responsibility to her. She has a responsibility to me. And that's kind of how relationships are. Or that's how they're supposed to be. You see. So I think, uh, let's look at it for... First, at, at the sight of God, you see, this, this thing about God's responsibility that, that God takes care of His own. I really believe that. God takes care of His own. Now, God takes care of the whole earth, and I, I, and I understand that, again, as He owns and he, he is Lord and God over the whole earth. But there is something special about this prized possession, this special treasure that we are His very own, that He's going to take care of us in a special way. I believe it. Not only do I believe it, though, is I experience it. I have, I have experienced it for over 40 years, that God takes care of His own. He's, he's been taking care of me. Not because I've been so good. He just takes care of His own. If you have something that is yours, and you value it highly, what do you do with it? You take care of it, hopefully. If you don't, what happens to it? Falls apart. That blanket, though, I tell you what, you got to wash that thing every now and then. <laughs> he doesn't want to let it out of his sight. Put it in the wa- He used to cry if they put it in the washing machine. Like, <laughs> my blanket. I love Psalm 23. Psalm 23 has got to be one of my very, very, very favorite passages. And why? Because it's all about how God takes care of us. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He's going to take care of me. And David knew it. David knew it. He knew what taking care of sheep was like because he was a shepherd boy, right? And he knew how to take care of sheep. And he, but he said, the Lord is my shepherd. He's going to take care of me. He's going to lead me. He's going to provide for me. He's going to protect me. He's going to restore me. He's going to do all the things that I need. He's going to anoint me. All these things. 
And God takes care of His own. I want you to remember that. I want you to think about that, that if you are His very own, He's going to take care of you. Look to Him to take care of you. Don't look to the world. Don't look to people around you, though. We, you know, in relationships, as I said, we do take care of one another. But ultimately, God is our shepherd. God is the one who's going to take care of us. He's going to take care of you. Sometimes we, we, we have so much expectation from people. We have so much that we expect from them. And then what happens? They let us down, right? They fail. They're not always there. They're not, they're not always doing what they said they would do. It's, 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 it's hurtful sometimes, isn't it? But I have found that God will never, ever, ever leave you or forsake you. He is faithful to the end. He's faithful from the beginning. He will finish what he starts. Now, does that mean that he, every prayer that I pray, everything that I say, immediately, boom, God answers me? No. But I have found this, found this out to be true, that he always answers. Always answers. And sometimes he says, no. Who said that? You can go through the potluck line first. <laughs> sometimes he says no, but, but you know what? Sometimes, sometimes it, it, it might take years before he answers that particular prayer. Sometimes it's more like the next day or, or maybe in the next hour. I remember uh, a few days ago I was, I was awake and I was, again, this thing in the night, I was like getting anxious about something and I prayed, God, you got to help me. I need help. I'm starting to get like really worked up about this thing. I don't even, you know, I don't even remember what it was. That's how important these things are. You can't even remember what they were, but they can sure turn you and twist you up, right? And I, and I just prayed and, and it was like, Less than five minutes later, I had this peace that, that I, I said, wow, that was fast. It's not always like that, though. Sometimes it is. But he always answers because he's going to take care of you. He's going to take care of me because you and I, if we are his, we are his very own, and God takes care of his own. He's going to take care of you. He's going to take care of me. So the other side of that, though, is too, is that we have a responsibility to Him, right? We are His, and He is ours, and we have a responsibility, a responsibility to Him. If He is truly our shepherd, well, Jesus said this, that His sheep listen to His voice, and they follow Him. We have a responsibility to listen to His voice and to do what He says, to to respond to him. To have, in this relationship, we have responsibility to, to follow after him. I found this verse, and, and I'll put it up on the screen for you. It says this in 1 Corinthians 6. I realize that script is not that easy to read. But I like the background. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You are not your own. You were bought at a price. He gave himself for us. Therefore, honor God or glorify God with your body. If we belong to him, if we are his, we need to honor him. 
We need to glorify Him, and that has to do with the way we live. If we've got the Holy Spirit, He's given us His Holy Spirit to live within us. We're bought at a very, very steep price. He gave His very life for us. Our responsibility is to give our very life back to Him, to honor Him as one of His very own. So, Back to the question I asked a little while ago is, is, are you one of his own? Are you one of his own? You see, he opened up the way for us to be his own. But you and I, we still have to step into it. It's not automatic. Well, God owns it all. Yes, he does. But we're talking about a special relationship here now that, that we are one of his very own. It's not, it's not you know, uh, international, automatic. So I want you to turn with me uh, to the book of John, chapter 1. We'll, we'll finish there. The gospel of John, chapter 1. If you'll turn with me to that verse. Verse 11 and 12. John chapter 1, asking the question, are you one of his own? Look at verse 11 and 12. He says this. This is interesting to think in, in light of what I've been talking about here today. Verse 11, he came to that which was his own. What's he speaking about there? Israel. Speaking about Israel. But his own did not receive him. He came to his own people. He came to the nation of Israel, but they rejected him. Yet, verse 12, to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God or the power to become children of God. See, it's not automatic. There's something we need to do. It's not something we earn. Again, it's all back to grace. But it it says here in verse 12, the two things we need to do is to receive him and to believe in his name. And because of that, he makes it possible for us to be his very own, his very own children, his very own sheep, his very own people, this special treasure to all who received him, to those who believed in his name. It's incredible. It's incredible. You say, well, it's so simple. It's, it's, not, it's not hard enough. There isn't enough that I can do so I can say, well, look what I did. Well, that's the whole point. We can't say, look what I did. But I was thinking about this, you know, to become, how do you know if you're one of his own? How do you know if you're one of his very own special uh, treasures, his prized possession? It it really is, it's only a prayer away. It's really only a prayer away. Why do you say that? Because because in the book of Romans in chapter 10, he says, you know, that, that, you know, you don't have to try to, you know, bring God down. 
You don't have to work really hard to try to make God close to you. He says, it's, he says the word is right there. It's in your mouth. It's in your heart. It's right there. And all you need to do is receive what he has to call upon the name of the Lord. It, it's so simple. It needs to be genuine. It needs to be real. But it's only a prayer way. Again, they defeated the enemy by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. My testimony is that I called upon the name of Jesus. I received him into my heart and life. I believed in him. That's my testimony. The rest is that he changed me. He is changing me. And he has a place for me in heaven. He made me one of his very own because I believed and received. That's my testimony. That's the story. And there's power in that. There's powerful a weapon in, in, in fighting this spiritual battle that we face today. But all I did was pray. I can still remember it, though. I can remember going forward. I remember I was given this opportunity, and I, and I remember I, I prayed, and this, is, this was my prayer. This is so powerful. This is my prayer. God, if you really are who they say you are, then I'm going to give you a chance in my life. <laughs> if I was God, I would have said, gone. Right, I don't need any, I don't need, I don't need you. I can't deal with you. But the amazing thing is, God heard that prayer and he answered because he knew I was, I was sincere. I, want, I just wanted to know if, you, if it really was true because I didn't know. I didn't have this huge amount of faith. I just gave him a chance in my life. That's all I did. And, and you know what? I went forward. I prayed with these people and I did not feel any different right then. But honestly, I woke up the next day and I knew there was something different in my life. My life was changed. Now, was I, was I made perfect right then on the spot? I was like, I never did anything wrong again. No, ho, ho. He's still, like I said, he changed me, but he's still changing me. He's working on me. He's got this thing he's doing in me. But because I'm one of his own, he's going to take care of me. He's going to take care of his own. He's going to continue that thing that he started in me, that, that good work that he started in me. He's going to bring it to completion. That's all, that's all my story is. I was stupid. I didn't know anything. But I just received what the people, the, they, were, they were telling me this stuff out of the Bible, and I just said, okay. What have I got to lose, you know? I mean, I had pretty much, I was only like 20, and I pretty much had already, you know, uh, tried everything else that the world had to offer, and, uh, you know, it was pretty empty. There really wasn't much there wasn't doing much for me. I knew I was lost. I knew I was lost. I didn't belong anywhere. Talk about belonging. But, but after that, there was something inside of me. 
What's your testimony? What's your story? You know, we're all hurting. We're all hurting people, and we have, we have trouble again through this life. I, I, I saw this uh, uh, somewhere. I can't remember where I saw it, though. It might have been on the news. Uh, in, in England, in the United Kingdom, they have just, you know, they, they call them ministers. They're not like pastor ministers, you know, like the minister of education, the minister of, you know, in their government ministers. They, they, it's, they said that they are the first country to establish a minister of loneliness. I thought, wow. And I'd thought about that before. You know, and so they, they've got this minister of loneliness, and his job is to try to help people not feel lonely. But my, my belief is that that loneliness is so deep within us that really it is only something that God can ultimately fulfill. Because again, people, you know, they help, and we do need to take care of each other, but ultimately it's, there's an emptiness within us that only God can fill. We need to remember that. When we try to look for it in all kinds of other ways, even as believers, we try to search and go all different ways, and, but only God is the one that can fill that empty void within us. And that's why David was saying, you know, my, my heart and flesh cry out for you, the living God, because he knew he was, God was the only one that could really fill that need within him. What's your testimony? What's your story? Let's pray, shall we? Our gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you that you gave your Son, that Jesus Christ, Emmanuel, God with us, he gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity, but also that he might purify unto himself a peculiar people, a people that are your very own. And as we'll see next week also, that you give us purpose and meaning in life. But today, because you've made us your own, we have responsibility, you have responsibility, you you said that you will take care of us. You'll never leave us. You'll never forsake us. That you'll take care of the needs that we have in this life. And our response to you is to love you back and to serve you, to follow you, to honor you, to glorify you. Father, help us, Lord. We're weak. Our spirit is willing and the flesh is weak. We have this battle we face daily against our own flesh. But you know our hearts, Lord. I pray here, pray here today for any this morning perhaps don't have any kind of testimony, don't have any kind of story. Maybe it's you that you're, you're lost and you're thinking, well, that's, yeah, that sounds like me. Maybe it's today that you're going to give God, a chance in your life and say something similar. I, if you really are who that guy says you are, then I give you a chance in my life today.
I accept you. I, I receive you into my heart and my life. And I, and I believe that you died for me. Show yourself. Prove yourself to me. It's just a prayer way. That's amazing. That is so amazing. It's only a prayer way that your life will be changed for all eternity. Don't let it slip by. Father in heaven, I'm my beloved's and he is mine. His banner over me is, is love. In Jesus' name, amen.